The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot. And she said, Do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Word of God, word of life. Good morning. What an honor to be with you this morning as you look for a new leader for this community. If you don't know it already, you have a spectacular pastor. And she promised me that if I would leave St. Paul and cross the Mississippi River and travel to the western suburbs of Minneapolis, she would assign a reading that was light and fun and <laughs> something that would be easy on the ears. But instead, we get this truly heartbreaking story. Now, you're all biblical scholars, I know, but just in case, maybe we should do a little background to kind of set up where this story is. If you remember, God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would be the parents of a great nation, descendants as many as the stars in the sky. Yet year after year went by and there wasn't a child. At one point, Sarah decides that rather than trust this promise, she would take matters into her own hands. So she takes one of her slaves, a woman from Egypt named Hagar, and forces her to marry Abraham. Hagar gets pregnant and gives birth to Ishmael, whose name literally means God hears. Remember that, it's an important part of the story. Well, eventually, as we know, more years go by, 
But Sarah eventually does conceive and gives birth to Isaac. So this sets up today's reading, because now there's a problem for Sarah. The firstborn, the one who is to inherit everything and become the spiritual leader of the family, is Ishmael, and she will not have that. So she schemes to get rid of the child. Recently, a friend of mine got a hearing aid. And on the first day, he could hear sounds that he hadn't heard for a long time. He heard birds singing in the morning. He could hear people talking down the hall at work. Didn't have to turn the TV on so loud. And in many ways, it was this glorious miracle. He didn't realize what he was missing. But he also realized that there was a lot going on that maybe he really didn't want to hear. He was distracted by sounds that, he ha that hadn't intruded before. And actually, it was kind of overwhelming having all of that stimulus come into his ear. So sometimes he just turns it off and chooses not to listen. I think listening today to today's biblical story is an experience a little like that. Because there's almost too much in this text. Today we would describe it as human trafficking or sexual assault. And of course Hagar who has been forced into slavery, has no rights, not even over her own body. The, the name Hagar actually means foreigner. So this probably isn't even her given chosen name. And we hear Sarah scheming to get rid of a child. And Abraham, the great patriarch, is kind of a little bit weaselly in this story too. Because he knows what's right, but he's unwilling to do it. He even convinces himself that God is telling him that it's okay. And then we hear the wail of that child cast under the bush. Hagar's weeping as she turns away, unable to even look at what is happening to her boy. It strikes me that we still live in a world that sounds a lot like this. We cast people aside. We leave them to their own resources, convinced that their well-being, not our problem. We still use people and then throw them away when they're not convenient anymore. And we still imagine that some, usually from a different racial or cultural or sexual class, don't or shouldn't have the same rights or privileges that others do. We can even convince ourselves that God is okay if sometimes we just stay silent in the face of injustice. And truthfully, just as it was thousands of years ago, 
our reality is shaped by the ongoing implications of slavery. A few weeks ago, it was almost too much to hear about the thousands of Haitian refugees who were crossing the border and were huddled under that freeway overpass in Houston. The water had run out. The children were crying. Hagar's world is our world. At Gloria Day, we are converting one of the rooms in our building into an apartment that can house an immigrant family that is working its way through our broken and very complicated immigration system. But when I hear these stories of thousands of refugees living every day with violence and suffering, it hardly seems like helping one family at a time is really enough, a drop in the bucket. In fact, right now, the world just seems too loud. Don't you wish you could switch it off? All the noise around va vaccination, the sobs from parents in our own cities, from children at risk of random gunfire, the obnoxious grandstanding of narcissistic politicians, the eerie silence in some of our forests because of climate change. And I'm sure you probably have enough ringing in your own ears with your own daily struggles. Families that didn't quite turn out like you dreamed. Jobs that don't quite bring the joy or the satisfaction that they did before. And just day after day of uncertainty of how to be in this world, how do we show up or how do we stay sheltered? And some of us are just stuck in all of that. And couldn't this be the one hour when we could turn it off to have something light and fun, inspirational, a cute little story about an animal or something? Well, dear friends, despite that temptation, we have to keep our ears open because love comes through listening. The future turns toward love when we hear the cries of the suffering. This is the biblical pattern. From the first time there is suffering in the garden, God hears the cries of those who are in pain and moves to act. Now, of course, you and I will falter. We will turn it off. We'll get exhausted or take a break. Yet God never does. Do you hear that in the story, too? God hears this cry from Ishmael. God hears Hagar and opens her eyes. She sees the well there, and she's saved. In Muslim tradition, Hagar stayed at the well and built her livelihood. 
so much so that people arrived and stayed, and eventually a whole settlement built up and a city was built. It was named Mecca. Abraham even came to visit one day and built the Kaaba, the stone around which, to this day, the Muslim faithful circle during the annual pilgrimage, the Hajj. Hagar, as it turns out, becomes the mother for two billion Muslims, and Ishmael, the father of Arab peoples, now a patriarch in Islam. And actually, maybe we should hear that, too. In a world that wants to set one religion over another, which is a problem Christians have, God authors new people. God blesses new expressions. Perhaps from reading this story, it's not a stretch for us to see all religious traditions as part of the blessing of God, provided for the healing and well-being of a particular people. God hears our cry for love and peace and justice and provides us a means to experience it, a well for love. It does not all have to sound the same. David Augsburger says that being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. Now, I don't know what you are bringing into the room this morning that desperately needs to be heard. Maybe it's something that you've never dared to speak out loud before. Or maybe it's something that you've said over and over again, hoping that this time someone will listen. Well, Mother Hagar promises that your cry will be heard by God and you will be directed to the kind of well that holds a future for you. I think it's fascinating to note that the well was already there. That the world, filled to overflowing with sounds that assault our ears, is already also filled with pools of peace and love, wells of resource that can sustain us in the desert, and become the source of new life, new ways of being, new cities. There's a quote from the children's book, The Little Prince. What makes the desert beautiful is that somewhere it hides a well. What makes the desert beautiful is that somewhere it hides a well. In the noise, there is also the giggling, chattering, splashing grace of God. Could we dare to trust that if we listen to it all, we'll hear those 
sounds too. Could we trust that today, with all that we have to face, all the uncertainty that we live with every day, God has promised and God will lead us to people and places that will heal and hold and change us in all of the ways that we need to be changed. We live in the desert, but every desert hides a well. Can you hear it? <laughs>